I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hi, I'm Jen Lynn and welcome to this week's episode of the ASOS podcast, My Big Idea. Today we are chatting to Tassini Cooper about more ceramics, um, which is her side hustle when she's not working as chief sub-editor at ASOS. Um, she creates everything from pin badges to plant pots to mugs, um, and today she's going to be telling us a bit about how she started her business. This is Tassini's big idea. So, Jacini, um when did you first kind of become interested in pottery and ceramics? It wasn't really like I had an interest in it. I just um, kind of felt like I needed a thing. Like, people have like a thing that they do that isn't their job. I felt like I really needed that. Um, and I was really open to doing anything. Um, and But there was a ceramics, like an open ceramics class near my house um, that was just like a very casual evening drop-in. Um, and I was like, that sounds fun. I can I can make bowls. The picture on the website was really nice. I was like, I could do that. Um, so I didn't really have like an ambition or a dream to ever make ceramics. It was something I just started doing like one night a week um, so that I would have something to say when people asked me what I did that wasn't just my job because I felt like I was the only person sometimes that didn't have that other thing and I really wanted that other thing and then I found it and it was ceramics. And how long how long ago was that? So that was in 2012, so four years ago, three and a half years ago. Um, yeah, I started doing drop-in classes and immediately, like immediately really enjoyed it. So I obviously like working in an office with you um, and really kind of immediately had that thing where sitting and working with clay just like making anything whether it was like a small dish that didn't really look like a dish or like a small dog just really completely unwound my brain and like cleared my brain of like anything that had happened at work that day and so I kind of almost became addicted to the act of going and making things more than I was actually interested in the output like what I was making. That's cool. Um, And were you working at ASOS at that point? I wasn't working at ASOS. I was freelance. That was just before I started working at ASOS. So I was freelancing at kind of magazines. Um, It was pretty stressful work a lot of the time. Um, A lot of kind of late deadlines in what I do. And so um, more so than at ASOS, really I was kind of looking for something that would kind of clear my brain at the end of the work day, especially on a Thursday, which is when my class was, which is deadline day for magazines. So really looking for that place to go that I could just forget everything horrible that had happened that day. Not again, I repeat, at ASOS, but other places <laughs> I will not name. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. Um, and with this sort of classes, how, like, how hands-on was your teacher? Or do you feel as if you just kind of got free reign to play around? The thing with, so it was at Hackney City Farm, and the thing with the classes there that was really great is that there is no structure and what really worked for me there are classes where you can go and you'll do like an eight-week course where you will be taught like every week how to do a new thing and you will completely cover the spectrum of ceramics in as much as possible in eight weeks or six weeks or 12 weeks but this drop-in I went to for like a year and the really great thing was that you just get given a ball of clay and you can do whatever you want with it and you could say to the teacher 
hey, I'd like to make a kitchen sink, or hey, I'd like to make a soap dish, or hey, I'd like to make like my mother in clay. And he would kind of give you guidelines, but essentially it was really free, and that was kind of what I needed. So I kind of, after a few months of going to that, figured out that I really liked working on the wheel. So I don't do any hand building, like as in you just literally make stuff with your hands because I'm really bad at that. I have no, like, I can't draw a picture. I can't make something out of clay like I couldn't make, like, an animal. Um, but I really love making bowls and mugs and cups and round things because the wheel makes it look like you're really good at making these things, but it's really just the wheel. Um, so I immediately kind of got really into making stuff on the wheel and um, in addition to going to these dropping classes, I was also just obsessively watching YouTube videos so I think I was half taught by that class and half taught by YouTube, like watching people's throwing videos and um, listening to their description, because it's really hard to watch someone throw a pot and know exactly the really small things that their hands are doing. So it was very useful to listen to like 50 different descriptions of what a potter said that they were doing while they were throwing and kind of piecing together what I should be doing with my hands. And you just very, very, very slowly get better. So yeah, I went there for a year and then I moved into a shed studio, which is where I'm still at now. Cool. And just talk us through exactly what throwing means, like throwing a pot. Throwing a pot. You um, start off with a lump of clay that is literally just dug out of the ground. And it will have been processed by the people you buy the clay from, but it will still have like a lot of inconsistencies and like air bubbles and all like bits of glass and sticks in it sometimes if you're unlucky. Um, so the first thing you do is wedge your clay, which is where you kind of like massage it or like quite, rough, quite roughly, um, which is very physical. And like I'm so much stronger in my upper body now than I was like three years ago. The rest of my body is really weak still, but my upper body is very strong. Um, so yeah, you wedge the clay and you get all of like the air bubbles out of it because if there's an air bubble in your work, then it will explode in the kiln and knock out everyone else's work, which you don't want to do. Um, so you wedge your clay, get all the air out, then you have to throw it down onto the wheel, like into the middle as much as possible, and using like your body, really kind of start turning the wheel, but really kind of push against the clay, and you're trying to use a lot of strength again to get it centered is what it's called and that's when it's exactly in the middle and your pot will be completely symmetrical but that's one of the hardest things to learn to do is perfect centering um this is really like too in depth i don't know um and then using so once your clay is perfectly centered you then start to pull you make a hole in the middle you start to pull your walls up and depending on the kind of clay you're using or what kind of look or feel you're trying to go for um, you pull it up as, as thin or as thick as you want and go from there really so yeah throwing is the act of making pottery using a wheel nice. and it's called throwing because you can throw the clay down onto it to start off yeah cool. kind of like in Ghost when they make oh my god <laughs> how many times have you been asked about the movie Ghost pretty much every day for the last three years by someone they'll be like oh yes yeah, so like in the movie Ghost I'm like yep and like in the movie Ghost I'm really sorry to <laughs> add okay. to that pile it's fine it's fine <laughs> everyone out there if you ever meet a potter don't ask them about the movie Ghost disclaimer yeah um and when did you kind of realize that you could actually make poultry something of a business so after doing it for like a year I think I'd, I'd started because I'm really cheap I'd just started giving like my horrible pottery away to my friends for like birthdays and Christmases but then like some friends actually wanted to buy things off of me which was really nice um so I didn't feel confident enough to be selling it to real people but like my friends were like oh I'll give you like five pounds for this I was like okay amazing um and got to the point where I started to feel like my work was better looking back now it was still horrific um but there was a point at which I started selling at 
I basically just had so much stuff in my house. Like, it was getting to the point where... You can't store it at the studio. You have to bring it home when it's finished. So it got to the point where I just, like, my cupboards and my shelves and my tables were, like, overflowing with pottery. And so I was like, I should really get rid of some of this. I guess it's okay. And so I kind of took, a like, a jump of confidence in myself and started selling at a market in Dawson. It's called DIY Art Market, and it's run by this really awesome guy, Mark. And, um, yeah, he basically... Pr- uh, provides like a platform for people to sell their work like whatever it is and whatever standard um, and I was amazed that people like actually wanted to buy it for like real money um, and, and ever since then I've been doing like every DIY art market and selling my stuff and I look back now people come and they're like oh I bought something from you two years ago I'm still collecting I'm like that's amazing but I really wish you didn't still have that thing that I made two years ago because I can't deal with looking at stuff I made two years ago it's so embarrassing do you think in two years you won't be able to look at what you're making now probably yeah I'll have to go around and like source it all and like steal it from people and like exchange it for better stuff yeah like eternally (laughs) yeah so funny um how do you kind of work out what you're gonna charge for uh, different pieces because i know you do everything from like little pin badges yeah. to bowls and plant pots it's really hard um i think like that's one of the hardest things is deciding how much to charge for your work um because you do have to factor in how long it took you to make and the materials and stuff and making pottery is a really expensive thing to do because studio space in london is obviously like super expensive and then also like operating a kiln is one of the most expensive things it costs a lot of money to run a kiln um and so that breaks down to me trying to figure out well this costs me how much to make but then also how much is someone going to want to pay for this because so many people are creating ceramics now which is obviously a great thing but i've got to kind of be in line with what other people are charging and sometimes it's really disheartening to go to a market and see someone selling their work for like five pounds because it's like well that's really good and now we're all you're making us all look really expensive so I think on the whole most people I've seen selling their work were all priced around the same amount but I think we have to be um, I also just want my stuff to be affordable because I would want to be able to afford it like I'm trying to make stuff that I would want to buy which is what which is what I make um, I make things that I would want in my home and like hopefully my friends would as well but I don't want it to ever be at a point where I'm having to charge so much that like, I wouldn't be able to afford it, my friends wouldn't be able to afford it. So I kind of aim for like a relatively low price point because I'd rather sell it and then just have it all and never shift any of it because people can't afford it. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Yeah. Um, where do you find that most of your sales come from? Because you have a website, um, yeah. you have Etsy, then as you say, you go to these markets as well. Yeah, I think on the whole, I'll sell so much when I do a market, which is really great. So I do those every three months and it's almost like a big clear out. And I'll have like a seconds box where like anything I've made that has like a small crack in it or like I just don't like very much will go in there. And they always clear out really quickly because I think people like to think they're getting like a bargain. Um but yeah, I sell on my website. I really get stressed out when I sell things on my website because I hate mailing stuff because I get so worried about things breaking. I have had a few things break and you just can't replace it. Like you can't do anything other than go like, oh, here's your money back. And that can be quite damaging financially to have to do that. Um, I'm just really bad at packaging stuff and I haven't figured out still the best way to send multiple things without them all smashing each other. Um, but yeah, the markets are really good for also just meeting a lot of people and people coming back recurrently. It's really great to see the same people buying my stuff over and over. And um, 
also just really great to meet other ceramicists and talk about where we're all making stuff, what we're all making, like exchange tips and stuff. So I really enjoy those and I do sell the most at those. Um, and I do free delivery in London to avoid that postage thing. I was going to say, is, yeah. it, is it the fear of breaking? Is it that it's a bit more personal? Is it that postage is so expensive? All of those really, yeah. You get free postage if you're in London and it's me hand delivering it because A, I know that it won't break and B... Um, I get to sometimes meet the people and thank them for buying from me and let them know that I made it and that I'm happy they bought it. Yeah. That's really sweet. Um, you also use like 100% recycled yes. packaging. Why is that so important to you? Because I love the planet. And um, when I say recycled, it's usually stuff that just I've kept like scraps of bits and because I work here we get loads of um, we use recycled mailers in the ASOS things we sell out we send out from ASOS so I use a lot of those um, those are like totally green I buy recycled um, materials for like my cards my business cards and my bags and stuff I just you know it's a tiny tiny bit of the picture but I'm trying to help a little bit but then again maybe I should just start using bubble wrap and then things wouldn't break <laughs> yeah. tough decision yeah it's hard um, do you still work completely alone or do you have any little elves to help you? No, I work completely alone, um, which is really nice because I'm three days a week here at ASOS and I'm two days a week in the studio and I feel like that works so well for me in lots of ways, one of which is that here I'm surrounded by people and I'm surrounded by conversation and my I'm talking all day and then I go there and I listen to podcasts all day, I don't talk to anyone and it's just like the complete opposite and it keeps me very like balanced do you manage to still kind of like have your set weekends or do you find that your poetry kind of eats into that it's hard I have two like specific days in the studio that I'm there all day but then I do kind of always forget that there are so many other things that need doing like I need to take pictures of my work I need to update my website and I need to package stuff and go to the post office and generally that will take like another day that I hadn't really factored in so now I have no life outside of any of these things great cute yeah <laughs> um and do you see yourself making it a sort of full-time vacation this eventually? is something that people ask me a lot so i've been doing this three-day asos two-day pottery thing for a year now and i'm genuinely really happy with doing that forever really like i think that for a lot of people their creative side thing eventually they want to make it a full-time thing but for me like I think that's maybe people who don't like their jobs but I really like my job but I also really like pottery and for a while I was quite conflicted because I thought oh well I'm going to have to choose one eventually I'm going to have to like go serious with pottery or like go serious and go back to my day job but actually I'm in a really lucky position in that I do have a part-time job here um, and I know that's not like always realistic for everybody but for me I can do both and it's it, I think if I did pottery five days a week, I wouldn't enjoy it as much as I did. And I also, being on my own for five days a week, I think I'd probably go crazy. So that balance um, works so well, and I'm really lucky to be able to do that. Definitely. And um, what would you say to anyone else who fancies being a bit of a potter? Um, I'd say that... So there was this show, The Great British Throwdown, 
um, on TV a while ago and so many pottery classes and events are popping up around the country because of that but especially in London it's become like a really popular thing to do which is great because I'd recommend it to anyone like especially if you do have like a stressful job because it really does do something in your brain where it just completely winds you back down again um, and depending on how much you want to spend on it there are like so many different classes for so many different budgets but even if you don't have like any money to spend on going to a class you could just buy like air drying clay or oven clay and just like make stuff at home just to get started and see if it is something you enjoy before you commit to like a class somewhere um, lots of community colleges um, across London and I'm sure across the UK do like really affordable classes and I think yeah like I don't know anyone who's ever tried it and not loved it amazing yeah. well thank you very much for chatting to us today sure. Dasuni that was Dasuni's big idea Tune in again next week for more exciting careers chat with another of our favourite inspirational women. Remember to subscribe on Acast, iTunes or your preferred podcast app. Bye! Hold up, what was that? Boring, no flavour. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.